here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, first of all, the Democrats are trying to steal the Senate race and the governor's race in Florida. They're trying to steal the governor's race in Georgia, and they're trying to steal the Senate race in Arizona. And of course, they do so saying every vote must count. The same people. The same people who will not allow uh, the cleaning of uh, voting records to ensure that only people who are supposed to vote, vote and vote once. And um, Republicans should be prepared for this sort of stuff. They should be prepared for this sort of stuff. This is the problem. I remember when Motor Voter first came up many years ago, Kennedy pushed it. Chris Dodd was pushing, the Democrats, the liberals pushed it, and they got it passed. And there were many warnings about possible fraud. Democrats had no problem with that, and that's what you're seeing. There shouldn't be early voting. If you have to vote early, you ought to have a reason. That's the way it used to be. Two weeks before an election, I'm going to be out of town or whatever it is, and you have to do so under penalty of perjury. And you submit the form, and they approve it or they don't. All this voting by mail and uh, voting on the Internet and early voting just so you can have early voting, it lends itself exactly to this kind of activity. And I've never seen Republicans pick up a ton of votes after an election. Have you ever seen that, Mr. Producer? They always find ballots that help the Democrats. Have you noticed that, ladies and gentlemen? They always find ballots that help the Democrats. So rather than... Rick Scott and Ron DeSantis, more and more and more votes coming out of Republican counties? No. Their opponents have more and more votes coming out of Broward County and Miami-Dade and and Palm Beach. The same three counties that they always use to try and turn elections. The same three counties. Look at Georgia. Oh, we just found 8,000 ballots. In Atlanta. Well, what do you know? Look at, look at Arizona. Oh, we have all the with thousands and thousands of ballots here. We've got to count. It's incredible. And when the Republicans controlled the House and the Senate, they didn't do anything about it. Nothing. Here's a piece uh, from Fox. <coughs> Florida Republican Marco Rubio charged that two Democrat-controlled counties in the state, in possible violation of election law, have been reporting a slow drip of tens of thousands of additional ballots favorable to several Democratic candidates for statewide office, including incumbent Senator Bill Nelson. And we should add Andrew Gillum. Liberal lawyers, he said, are descending on the state in a calculated attempt to change the results and try and steal races for Senate and Agriculture Commissioner. Florida law requires counties report early voting and vote by mail within 30 minutes after polls close. Rubio wrote on Twitter, 43 hours after polls closed, two Democrat strongholds, Broward County and Palm Beach County, 
are still counting and refusing to disclose how many ballots they have left to count. Florida statutes mandate that the canvassing board shall report all early voting and all tabulated vote-by-mail results to the Department of State within 30 minutes after the polls close, and that thereafter the canvassing board shall report, with the exception of provisional ballot results, updated precinct election results to the department at least every 45 minutes until all results are completely reported. The state code continues. The supervisor of elections shall... Hold on a second. Mr. President, please don't appoint Chris Christie, your attorney general. Please don't do that. The guy's ego is massive. He's going to turn on you. I hope the people around the president understand this and are advising the president. And Chris Christie's way out of his league to be attorney general of the United States. Well, he was a U.S. attorney. No, I don't care what he was. He'd be a disaster as attorney general. Count me as a no vote. I said no. Can you imagine this guy as a disagreement with the president? Probably leak like hell. Boy, oh boy. Let me go on. Florida. The state code continues. The supervisor of elections shall notify the department immediately of any circumstances that do not permit periodic updates as required. Vote totals in several major races in the state are changing rapidly, and all for the Democrats. Imagine. GOP Senate candidate Rick Scott, also Florida's governor, was ahead of Nelson by roughly one-fourth of one percent point as of Thursday morning, according to the Tampa Bay Times. The paper also said agriculture commissioner candidates were separated by only .06 points. That race flipped. Now the Democrat is leading for state agriculture commissioner, which is a big statewide constitutional office in Florida. So just like that, the Democrats are winning the statewide agriculture slot. Broward County, hardcore left-wing Democrat, recorded that significantly more votes were received in the agriculture commissioner contest than the much higher-profile Senate election. Wow! An attorney for Nelson's campaign suggested a computer error might explain that anomaly. In the closely watched gubernatorial race, Ron DeSantis held a narrow 0.52% uh, point uh, edge over Democrat Andrew Gullum as of Thursday morning. Guess what? By this afternoon, unofficial figures had DeSantis up by just 38,515 votes, a lead of just 0.47%, low enough to trigger a mandatory recount, just dropping under the 0.50. How do you like that? Without providing legally sufficient justification, Rubio said, Democratic-controlled Broward and Palm Beach counties on Wednesday afternoon continued to report new ballots. His point is, the counting is supposed to stop. They're trying to avoid what happened in 2000. The, the, uh, the, the, the date and the time was passed. It's over. No, but look, we have more ballots. How many do you have? We don't really know. We just keep finding them. And not only that, what ballots are they counting? What ballots are they discarding? In Broward County, they're doing this in secret, even though a judge ordered it to be open. And they're concerned that certain ballots are being counted and certain ballots aren't. 
Provisional ballots cast by voters without proper ID or at the wrong location are factoring into the late results. And Florida officials have rejected campaigns' requests for the identity of those voters, citing federal and state law. Palm Beach County Supervisor of Election Susan Butcher, amen to that, told Fox News that Palm Beach is still counting about 2,000 mail-in ballots where voters circled or highlighted by drawing an arrow pointing at the candidate's name, their choice instead of filling in the appropriate bubbles. Look, if you can't color in one of those circles and you're doing arrows or, uh, or stick figures or uh, squares, or whatever, that shouldn't count. It's like going on an airplane where the flight attendant says, this is how you put your uh, seatbelt on. And I think to myself, if you don't know how to buckle a damn seatbelt, get the hell off the plane. Because that tells me when you go into the bathroom, you're going to miss. So get off the plane. Under Florida law, the state elections department is allowed to determine voter intent. Oh. Butcher told Fox News that elections department staff is going through each of the 2,000 mail-in ballots and where voter intent is determined, a worker is filling in a new ballot on behalf of the voter. Why does this happen in this state all the time? Where voter intent cannot be determined, the ballot is sent to the canvassing board to undergo a review. Election officials are also reviewing 1,500 military and overseas ballots, which are still being counted. Florida law allows military service members to mail or fax ballots in. A provisional vote report is due in Tallahassee by Saturday noon. You see, we not only have to win elections, we have to win them with enough of a buffer that all the cheating that goes on doesn't affect the outcome. Because you have... In every precinct, different rules. Certain people demand a vote. Some have to show ID. Some don't. They're given provisional ballots. In many cases, they come in with worker IDs, I'm told, in some places in Virginia, as opposed to actual legitimate identification. Oh, it's a provisional ballot. Who cares? And so all these things are built into the voting process so the left can steal it. Tell me, where has a Republican stolen an election? Where has a Republican stolen an election? Nowhere. And how is it when Democrats are behind, they always manage to pick up votes after the fact? Broward County election officials did not immediately return Fox News' request for comment. Rubio tweeted... Now, Democrat lawyers, of course, are descending on Florida. They are very clear. They aren't there to make sure every vote is counted. Under Florida law, if the margin in any rate... Is this boring you? Is the country boring you? Is the Senate and the House boring you? I hope not. Under Florida law, if the margin in any race hits 0.25% or lower, a manual recount of any ballot set aside from the machine recount will be ordered... Reminiscent of the scene in the 2000 presidential election. You need hard and fast rules. If it's not counted by such and so date, then it's not counted. If you can't color in the circle, then you're too stupid to vote. Sorry. Rubio made clear he has no confidence in the integrity of South Florida's election officials, suggesting a possible Republican-led court challenge might be looming. Ooh, you can't have that now, can you, ladies and gentlemen? A U.S. Senate seat and a statewide cabinet officer, and he should have pointed out also a governorship, 
are now potentially in the hands of an election supervisor with a history of incompetence and a blatant violation of state and federal law, he wrote, linking to a Miami Herald article describing several scandals that have gripped Broward County's elections department. Earlier this year, listen to this, a judge found that Broward election supervisor Brenda Snipes had illegally destroyed ballots in a 2016 congressional contest, leading the governor's office to assign election monitors to supervisor. Wow. Every vote should count as long as they're Democrats. Every vote should count as long as there's Democrats. And as long as the Democrats win. This is Florida right now. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, in uh, Arizona, it's very complicated in Arizona. They're finding so many ballots in Arizona and in mostly Democratic areas. How can that be? Do they think they're Florida? Apparently so. Now, I'm a little confused, ladies and gentlemen. We have a Republican governor of Florida. His name is still Rick Scott. We have a Republican governor of Arizona, this fellow Ducey. What's going on in Georgia? I believe they have a Republican governor, too. In fact, as I understand it, the Secretary of State is the Republican gubernatorial candidate who won. I don't understand it. What's it going to take to make sure that in close elections, the Democrats don't steal them? It's how Hal Franken wound up in the Senate, remember? But in that case, they had a Democrat Secretary of State. And they kept counting and counting and counting until Norm Coleman lost. And Al Franken won. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Remember in the 2000 election in Florida, they kept counting and counting and counting until it got lower and lower and lower. And finally, the United States Supreme Court stepped in and said, all right, that's enough, boys and girls. Because the Supreme Court of Florida, loaded with left-wing Democrats, much like the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, kept changing the rules. And even one of the Democrat Supreme Court justices in Florida, I think it was actually the chief justice, had enough integrity to say, hey, we can't keep doing this, you know. Sure we can, the others said. And they kept changing it and changing it and changing it. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court three months ago, they said, you know what? This, uh, this redistricting stuff is unconstitutional, so instead what we're going to do is in- institute essentially the Democrat plan. That cost the people of Pennsylvania four or five seats on Tuesday night. It's an amazing. It's amazing how we ever win anything. It's amazing how we ever win anything. And also, when networks, at least one network, but other networks, are calling the House of Representatives at 9.30 at night on the East Coast which is 6.30 in the evening in California, and you have close races like Rohrbacher and Steve Knight. You had four or five very close races. Some of them were determined by a couple thousand votes, some of them by less. I thought we were done doing that after 1980 and what happened to Carter. Apparently not. And then holding races where you have 100% of the vote in and not calling them. 
It's weird. It's our special analysis system. So now we have uh, corruption going on. Now we have corruption going on. It seems to me on election night, when you have a gubernatorial candidate who's won by 85,000 votes, and all of a sudden it's, the, whoa, look at that. We're down to, we're down to 33,000 votes. Somebody should know something's up. The Democrats are good at this. They've been good at this for a very, very long time. During Reconstruction, in order to prevent blacks from coming into the uh, Congress, the Democrat, the local officials, and uh, those that still pretty much controlled the states, they were good at doing this. They were very, very good at doing this uh, throughout our history, quite frankly. Preventing people from voting, counting additional votes. And now it's uh, just it's in your face, stuffing ballots. How can somebody who was an election official in Broward County with a record of destroying Republican ballots, how is it that they're still in office and not removed by a judge? How is it that they're still in office and not removed by a judge? The rules don't say you keep counting and counting and counting till Democrats win. Is that is that the rule? Now, the Democrats are trying, and you can be sure Schumer's taking an eye on this and probably getting behind it now. They're trying to steal the election. That's what they're up to right now. I'll be right back. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. You know, sleep can be a struggle. You might toss and turn or wake up overheated. Well, the folks at Casper looked at what keeps us awake and dreamed up the luxurious new Casper Wave mattress. Now, the Wave is different from other premium mattresses. Its advanced ergonomic system actively aligns your body, giving you support when you need it and relief when you want it. The Wave has five layers of premium foam. A velvety soft top layer and pressure-relieving memory foam provide luxurious comfort and alignment for all body types. The ultra-breathable foams, along with a humidity-fighting wool-infused cover, regulates your temperature so you stay cool and stay asleep. Sleep is the ultimate luxury, and you shouldn't sell yourself short. Try the new Casper Wave in your own home for 100 nights risk-free. And Casper will even do the heavy lifting with free white-glove delivery and setup included. Go to casper.com slash wave now and use code MARK and save $50 on select mattresses. That's Casper.com slash wave, code mark, terms and conditions apply. We have uh, are uh, glad we were able to reach out and uh, to get the chairman of the Republican Party of Florida, also State Representative Blaze Ingolia. How are you, sir? I'm well, sir. How are you? I'm very well, but this stuff in Florida, it's just unbelievable to me. What's going on in Florida? You know, part of the problem is uh, I wish that we knew. Part of the problem that we have here in the state of Florida, we have two counties with supervisors of elections that uh, have a problem following the law, and they've been very secretive, and they're not transparent. We've been trying for a couple of days now to find out exactly how many ballots are outstanding, what exactly they're counting, and we're not getting any information. Um, and it's real frustrating when you have statewide elections and you're not getting any information out of the local supervisors of election. Has the Republican Party or has anyone gone to court to try and address this? Yeah, well, we've gone to court previously for with the supervisor of elections 
in Broward County. In fact, uh, we had to go to court once just to get her to follow the law, and um, um, we we had that happen. So we knew that these shenanigans uh, had the potential to happen. So we've had uh, teams and teams of lawyers on the ground for three weeks uh, in Palm Beach and Broward County. And obviously we're looking at all of the uh, legal options that we have right now because what's happening right now is just, it's just a travesty. I mean, it doesn't happen everywhere else in the country. Why does it seem to happen in these same two or three South Florida counties every damn election? One word, incompetence. Um, no, it sounds like fraud. Well, yeah. I mean, actually, so today um, we've seen, if you haven't seen it, uh, uh, Tim Canova, uh, who ran against Debbie Wasserman Schultz as a Democrat, uh, posted something on his Twitter account showing that there are a bunch of um, ballots that were brought in the back of people's cars and loaded onto a rental truck. Um, we have no idea where those ballots are. We can't verify where those ballots came from. Another thing that we're concerned with in the state of Florida is your absentee ballots, your vote-by-mail ballots, have to be received by 7 p.m. on election night. We have no way of validating that they're that what they're counting didn't uh, get to the supervisor's office prior to that. So um, this is the stuff that we're concerned with. We have lawyers on this stuff, but, you know, it's it, when some of these people are doing it behind closed doors, I mean, you almost have to have courts involved at this point. And I will tell you that um, everybody's looking at their uh, legal options right now, because right now we have not one, not two, but three statewide uh, recounts. I know. They just dragged the governor's race into this, DeSantis. Now, yeah, so yeah, how, my question is, how do we get 40,000 um, 40, or so ballots just show up uh, overnight? Um, that's just concerning. So it's either just fraud on a massive scale or incompetence on a massive scale. Uh, either one of them isn't good. It's not good for the people. But, but, and but what, as I understand it, sir, even if it's incompetence, there are deadlines. And if you don't make the deadlines, you're out. That That's absolutely 100% true. But the problem that we have now in Broward and Palm Beach is that they're so secretive that we cannot even find out the information if voters met the deadline or not. And um, let me ask you something. If you find out that any of these uh, so-called election officials have been uh, less than uh, honest about what they're doing, can they be imprisoned? Can they be prosecuted? Of course. Yeah. I mean, the, what, there's a bunch of different remedies. They can be removed from office for uh, misfeasance, malfeasance. Well, what happened um, to this lady in Broward? It was my understanding that, uh, that I read some article that she already been messing around with ballots in a prior election. Twice. Twice. One was with Tim Canova. Um, and that was the gentleman who had the video. Um, he ran against Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and she was found to have destroyed federal election ballots, which is in violation of federal election law. Well, why um, is she still then, roaming the earth free? Because uh, that's a federal issue. I mean, we have no idea why. Um, we have no idea. What we know is that both of those, especially Broward, is incompetent. And not only do they have, seem to like incompetence down there, they just keep on voting them back into office. You know, we have a Voting Rights Act, and the purpose of the Voting Rights Act is to protect voting, and not just minority voting, but all voting. The federal government has a way in, if the federal government wants to get in here. 
I mean, uh, I don't know who the U.S. attorney is down there. Is he awake or she? They need to be, and they need to be watching this stuff, and I think that they are. Well, I mean, uh, th- whatever's going on in Broward County ought to stop this this damn second until somebody can figure out what the hell's going on. Well, and that's well, a, well that's let me tell America there's another problem. All your local judges, your trial judges, they're all elected. And uh, so who knows what's going on there, too? Aren't all the local judges elected, all the local trial judges? Yes, they are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Are we going to yeah, lose? Look, are we, we going to lose Rick Scott now and uh, and Ron DeSantis? No, I, no. I think I think we're going to be fine in those two races. Look, at the end of the day, um, I don't think there's enough ballots out there, float of ballots out there to overturn the election. Because take um, Ron DeSantis. I haven't looked at the the, uh, the latest numbers, but uh, Ron DeSantis is up about forty thousand dollars. Now remember, that's the delta. That is the amount that he would have to make up. So that means they would have to find 120,000 ballots somewhere um, where the difference would be a net 40,000 40, for the Democrats in order to put Andrew Gillum up. There's just no way. These races are not going to be overturned. But that what it doesn't mean is that the Democrats are not going to play shenanigans in the meantime. But you could lose your uh, Secretary of Agriculture race. Agriculture race right now, our candidate who was up um, – on election night is now down by about, I think, 588 votes the last time that I checked. So um, as of right now, we are waiting for provisional ballots, overseas ballots to come in, and hopefully we'll be able to make that up. State law says that when we have to, all the supervisor elections have to get all the information up to the Secretary of State by Saturday. The Secretary of State at that point will um, look at the results in anything that is less than one half of one cent, oh, one, one half of one percent is an automatic machine recount. Anything after that that is less than one quarter is a manual hand recount. Uh, and then that's the concerning part. So, um, and obviously you've seen what happened in 2000. Look, they're, what they're doing right now is they're obviously trying to, um, go past what the will of the voters were and they're trying to, make it so they can steal an election. I think that's clear at this point. They find any uh, Al Gore ballots in there while they're looking around? Uh, maybe they can null and void the entire Bush presidency. You never know. I mean, look, yeah, I, I mean, just think about it. if they keep on finding all these ballots, they could probably find enough ballots at this point to make Hillary Clinton president. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. All right. But you're telling the American people and the Floridians out there that the Republican Party and others are doing everything they can to address this. We have been on this um, ever since um, ever since the election ended because we knew there was the potential for something like this to happen. In fact, we prepared for this weeks in advance. Um, so I will tell you that the Republican Party of Florida, me, our team, uh, all of our lawyers, and the best minds on this, we are we are not sleeping. We are just going to make sure that we do everything that we can to make sure that this election isn't stolen from us. This lady in Broward County, how can she do all this stuff in secret? They, they just do it behind closed So we found, um, just to give you an idea, so we had to file suit against her last election cycle. Um, but when you have a spoiled ballot, something that's ripped or something where coffee spelled on it or something like that, um, what you can, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to take the ballot and you're supposed to do this in front of a canvassing board um, where you have another ballot and everyone watches you 
transpose the voter's intent on one ballot over to another ballot and then run it through the machine. She was doing that behind uh, closed doors last year, and we didn't have an opportunity to view that. So there are ways of doing it, and obviously that's, that's our concern. We want Broward County and Palm Beach County to be transparent. We want to be able to watch them along with the canvassing board to see exactly what, we're, what they're doing because we do not trust them because they have a history. Senator Rubio is right. They have a history, especially Supervisor Snipes, of not following the law. Where, Senator Rubio has been doing a lot of tweeting. Is he in Washington or Florida? Do you know? I do not know where the senator is. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen, uh, I appreciate it very much. Blaze, in- how do you pronounce your last name? Ingolia. Ingolia. What part of the state are you from? I am about an hour north of Tampa. Hour north of Tampa. I just want to give you credit. Credit's due. It sounds like you're really trying to deal with this. And look, this is more than a, a Florida issue. This is now a national issue, uh, but obviously it's the it, primary uh, importance to Florida. I appreciate you taking the time, sir. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Sir. Take care of yourself. See, the Democrats are the opposite of what they say. We want transparency. No, they don't. They love the smoke-filled room. Every vote should count. By the way, every vote shouldn't count if you're not supposed to be voting. Follow the rules. They never follow the rules. And then they claim they're the victims of the system. And Bill Nelson and Andrew Gillum are perfectly happy with what's going on. Perfectly happy. Chaos. These are their counties. Big Democrat counties. In South Florida. Happens every election cycle. They learn from the Kennedys. They learned from the Kennedys. They learned from LBJ. LBJ was actually a loser in Texas, but somehow he won. He won, LBJ. His Senate seat, I think, by like 43 votes or something like that. Little county that was where he was from. They just kept holding out, holding. How many votes do you need? Well, we need. Okay, here they are. It's like John Kennedy. West Virginia. Not today, but back then. Boy, it was corrupt as hell. And they bought the votes in West Virginia, the primary. Hubert Humphrey lost. And then the election against Nixon. Oh, yeah, they had their man. They had their man, Richard Daly, senior, since passed. Cook County, Chicago, just waited, waited, waited. Then they came in Illinois, which had been gone for Nixon, went for Kennedy. And they said to Nixon at the time, why don't you challenge this? He said, because it'll undermine the public's faith in our country. Notice Al Gore never had that attitude. He ran right into court. And he didn't just run into court. He ran into the most Democrat courts that he could. I told you these, these uh, local judges are all elected. So he form shopped the courts. They're running into court. They're running into the Florida Supreme Court, which they knew was like the Ninth Circuit Federal Court. Then finally, the United States Supreme Court didn't want to step in, but finally stepped in and said, that's enough. You can't keep changing the rules until Al Gore wins. But I do hear, and I'm waiting for Marco to tweet, that according to Broward County, Miami-Dade, and Palm Beach, they found more Al Gore ballots, and Al Gore was president of the United States. Did you know this? 
I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, here's the truth about most home security companies. They're like dealing with another bad cable company. You spend hours waiting around for technicians, hours on the phone to get questions answered, and then when you're at your limit, you remember, whoa, I'm locked into a three-year contract with these people. Now, if you're looking to protect your home and family, go with Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe is real, comprehensive protection, beautifully designed to look good in your home, and using it makes your home safer. Simply Safe has backups in place to keep you safe. Protecting your home even if you lose power or internet or if someone attacks the system. Best of all, you get 24-7 monitoring with police and fire dispatch for just $15 a month. And unlike other home security companies, Simply Safe has no long-term contract. It's the best around-the-clock protection you can find. Get 10% off Simply Safe today at simplysafemark.com. And you'll also get free shipping and free returns. You really ought to take, take advantage of this. That's simplysafemark.com for a 10% off your Simply Safe home security system. Simplysafemark.com. It's really, really a good system. It's really a fail safe system. Cutting edge technology. And, you know, when they put in these alarm systems and everything in your home and you hear the drills and they got none of that stuff. And also there's another system where you ring the front doorbell or it's the front of the house and you chase. But this is a comprehensive system that protects the entire perimeter of the house, your windows, your doors. That is your family. SimplySafeMark.com, SimplySafeMark.com. I hope you'll check it out. This kind of uh, tyrannical conduct that takes place in these one-party districts Honest to God, I can't think of a single Republican county, an overwhelmingly Republican county where this stuff goes on. Can you name one? Can you name one, Mr. Producer? But we all know about Broward County, don't we? We all know about Cook County, don't we? We all know about Miami-Dade, don't we? We all know about Palm Beach, don't we? Why is that, ladies and gentlemen? Why is that? And some of the other counties across the country. Then they say, every vote should count, every vote, even the ones in the back of our truck, they should count, every vote, like they're civil rights leaders, every vote should count. But they don't really mean that. They mean every one of their votes should count. That's what they mean. That's why they, the left and the Democrats challenge efforts to clean up voter lists. You know, some people are registered in three, four, five states as they move around during the course of their lives. Now, you can't do that. There have been stories of people who vote in different states. They vote in one state, then travel to the next state. Wow, so be it. I hear stories about people providing work identifications rather than actual, you know, birth certificates or uh, driver's licenses or that sort of thing. You can't get away with that if you want to get on an airplane. You can't get away with that if you want to uh, uh, purchase a weapon. But if you want to vote, hey, every vote should count. No, every vote shouldn't count. If it's an illegal vote, if somebody's committing fraud, that is a, an attack on the franchise. Now, I don't know who this woman is in Broward County, head of the uh, elections uh, board there, uh, election supervisor, 
But I don't understand why she's free. I don't understand why she's roaming the earth free. Where the hell is the U.S. attorney for crying out loud? And I'm quite serious about this. Don't look into it. Take action. And let me tell you something. If the local elected well, Democrat hack judges California, in those particular counties well aren't know, helpful, uh, we have a they go in the federal murder. court for crying out loud. Mass murder. A uh, right ex-Marine. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. PTSD. He was 28 years old. Now, he terrified his mother, he terrified his neighbors after he returned from Afghanistan. Before he uh, went into that bar and slaughtered those people. And he used a Glock 45 and I guess some other weapons, but that's the main weapon as I understand it. It's not a semi automatic rifle. And so there was a sergeant, a sheriff, Ron Hellus, H-E-L-U-S. 54 years old. He was a 29-year veteran of the sheriff's office. He's thinking about retiring in a year, at 30 years. And uh, he was on the phone with his wife. And he said to his wife, I, I, I got a call. I got to go. I love you. And he hung up. Within three minutes of the shooting taking place in that bar, Sergeant Hellas, hearing the shots, went through the front door. And as he came through the front door, apparently he was shot multiple times by the mass murder and these would turn out to be mortal wounds as he came through the front door and several of the witnesses said that as a result of that because the gunman was focused on the sheriff others were able to escape and they escaped any way they could including using bar stools to break windows and jump out of the windows And I saw a father. Do we have this, Rich? The audio? Which one is it? Who uh, learned that his 22-year-old son had been murdered. You know, you just never know. It's the most awful thing. You just never know. You just never know. And uh, here's what he said. uh, Cut. 17, go. You all know that I was been here fighting for him all morning long. <laughs> and we did just get the news that he was one of the 11 that were hit and killed last night. 
His name was Cody Kaufman. My firstborn son. Only him and I know how much I love. How much I miss. Oh, God, this is so hard. Oh, son, I love you so much. I cannot believe that it's happened to my family. Uh, for uh, I don't I don't know what to tell to the other people. I don't know how to console or what to say to the other people that are gonna be going through the same situation as I am. I am so sorry for their loss as well. Um, I I I am I am speechless and heartbroken. I am I'm I'm I've been talking to you for a little while. I am I am pooped out. I I am I'm I'm spent. If that doesn't bring tears to your eye, nothing will. Now, uh, before SWAT teams entered the building, the uh, killer took his own life in an office inside, and he used a legally purchased uh, forty-five caliber handgun to carry out the attack. And uh, under the circumstances, given his mental condition and so forth, it, really, it was not legal for him to purchase a weapon. I just mentioned that for the gun control crowd, which is no doubt chomping at the bit. I don't know how we stop these things. You know what, folks? Sometimes laws don't stop things. Sometimes there are evil people who do horrifically evil things. And politicians can write the best laws they can possibly think of. With all the right sentences, proper grammar, with the commas in the right place, and the semicolons in the right place, and the periods in the right place. But there's one problem. Everybody doesn't follow the law. A lot of people don't even know what the law is. And evil people don't give a damn what the law is. That's why they're evil. We can't fix everything. People look for answers. I know this is uncomfortable, but sometimes there aren't answers. And sometimes people just do horrific, evil things. And in some cases, maybe it's just impossible to stop them before they start. I don't know. But they do happen. They happen here and they happen elsewhere. Doesn't make it easy, doesn't make it better. That father lost his 22-year-old son. He's destroyed. He can't believe it. Here one day, gone the next. It can happen to any of us. And I don't mean to be daunting about this. Some of you listening to me, it will happen to some of us. I'm just pleased he took his own life because they don't have the death penalty in California. But he had to take all those other people with him. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
so you can relax a little bit because what I'm about to tell you is going to infuriate you. New numbers in from Arizona a few minutes ago in the Senate race. Taliban cinema is now leading Martha McSally. How did that happen? Cinema is leading McSally by 2,106 votes. And I'm telling you, based on the counties that these votes are coming out of, Cinema is going to take this race. Now, keep an eye on Florida, the Senate race, and the governor's race, and keep an eye on Georgia. And I'm sure CNN and MSNBC will be all over this, ladies and gentlemen, all over. Jim Acosta, I'm sure he's going to organize a caravan of reporters to go down to Georgia and Florida to get to the bottom of this. Or maybe Fake Tapper. Maybe Fake Tapper will do a story on it. His story will be how Republicans are lying about what's going on in Broward County and Miami. Oh, yeah. Old fake is, is what he is. Now we have Manu Raju. Hello, Manu Raju, a reporter for CNN. And here's what he just tweeted. See, they're allowed to tweet, but Trump's not. On call organized by Pelosi Nadler said firing of Sessions was a crisis moment, along with Schiff and Cummings. Dems said they would seek to protect Mueller including to try to add measure to must-pass spending bill. They said Whitaker must step aside from the probe. A crisis moment? In West Virginia, I know many of you didn't vote for Manchin, but those of you who did say, hey, the good guy, he's a moderate, you know, we've known him a long, long time, you know. Joe's pretty good. Well, he was on CBS this morning. With Nora O'Donnell. And he says we're on the verge of a constitutional crisis. Do you hear that, West Virginia? Manchin. Says one thing in West Virginia and another thing in Washington, D.C. Cut two. Go. Are we approaching a constitutional crisis? Now, see the, the objective question by Nora O'Donnell. Are we approaching a constitutional crisis? This is why you despise the media. She could have easily said the opposite. This isn't a constitutional crisis, right, Senator? No. Are we approaching a constitutional crisis? Add the question mark so the voice goes up. Are we approaching a constitutional crisis? And what did Joe say? Go ahead. Are we approaching a constitutional crisis? I think we're on on the verge of that. Here's where I think we are. First of all, Jeff Sessions is a good person. I've known Jeff. It's not a matter of a good person. I think he's a good person, too. So what? The president wants another attorney general. You know, I think uh, Jeff's a good person. Go ahead. We were friends. Uh, I think it's a big mistake uh, to let Jeff Sessions go. I well, you're not president. You're barely a senator. Who cares if you think it's a mistake. Go ahead. Investigation is wrapping up. You ought to have the team in place to wrap it up so there's no questions. What does this mean? Why are we in a constitutional crisis? Why? Because the Democrats don't get what they want? I mean, what is this? This president can't pick his own attorney general? Eric Holder was a hack, a political left-wing hack. He still is. 
Loretta Lynch, a political left-wing hack. She still is. Oh, I met on the tarmac with Bill Clinton. We discussed grandchildren. Oh, okay. Uh, But that wasn't a problem. So this guy Whitaker, this guy Whitaker is appointed acting attorney general. And we have a a judicial analyst on cable who said it's, it's, uh, it's not permitted under the Justice Department rules. Of course it's permitted under the Justice Department rules. We've had acting attorneys general before who weren't in the line of secession. I know I was there. And go back and read the regulation. As long as he was there, I think, 90 to 120 days beforehand, yes, he can be the acting attorney general. You know, they're real lawyers who look at this stuff and actually read the regulations. That's number one. Now we have lawyers going out there again. These slip and fall morons all over the place, but they get on cable. He must be authoritative. No, he's an idiot. This violates the appointments clause of the Constitution. Oh, really? I've talked about how Mueller's appointment does, and now listen to what they're saying. You cannot touch Mueller. You cannot fire Mueller. Mueller is immune from the normal processes of checks and balances. And so if you go into court and say, hey, that's why he has to be nominated by a president and confirmed by the Senate. No, 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 he's just a regular employee. He's inferior. No, no, don't, don't worry about it. That's not true. What are you, crackpot? But the acting attorney general was on C- uh, what was CNN once, twice. He made a comment. I know because it's been played all over cable. He made a comment suggesting that, you know, perhaps what an attorney general might do is not really get rid of Mueller but cut his budget. He wasn't even saying it should happen. He was speculating. Hey, he must disqualify himself. That guy, he's no good. He must recuse himself. Recuse himself from what? If he's the acting attorney general, Mueller reports to him. The deputy attorney general, now that guy's conflicted up the wazoo. He wrote a memo recommending that Comey should be fired. He cites former attorneys general, former deputy attorneys general, former United States attorneys. We read his memo on the air. And one of the things Mueller is supposed to be investigating, madams and, you know, tax return. But in addition to that, the firing of Comey, he says. Well, Comey was fired in part on the recommendation of the deputy attorney general to whom he reports. No, that's not a conflict. The Democrats say, we like Rosensteinstein. He's doing just well. He's well. Stop picking on him. Stop picking on him. So now this guy... Whitaker, he's not conflicted in the... He must recuse himself. Now they've gone further. He must step aside, says Nancy Pelosi. Says stretch. And by the way, she's due for one of those facelifts. Just saying, no offense, just some friendly friendly advice. But anyway... uh, now they're going to say it's a constitutional crisis. And, and they were going on and they were saying it's a constitutional crisis like the Saturday night massacre during Watergate. Well, do you know what happened during the Saturday night massacre, quote unquote, during Watergate? Notice there's never a Saturday night massacre when it comes to the Democrats. It's the Republicans. Nixon ordered his attorney general. 
to fire Archibald Cox, the special counsel. He refused. He resigned. Then Nixon ordered his deputy attorney general. He refused. He resigned. Then Nixon ordered the Nixon line, who was Bob Bork, the solicitor general of the United States. And Bork said, look, I don't necessarily agree with this, but he's the president. I'm the acting attorney general, and I got to do what he said. So he fired him. And that, by the way, is the reason that Kennedy and the rest of them kept him off the Supreme Court. Just so happened, Archibald Cox was a longtime friend of the Kennedy family. Oh, yeah, it's true. And by the way, you know who Ben Nelson? Nelson. In uh, Florida, you know who his lawyer is, the Democrat? Mark Elias. Oh, yeah. Mark Elias, the pass-through for the money from the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC to Fusion GPS. That guy is Nelson's lawyer. Just thought you'd want to know. But anyway, uh, we're in a constitutional crisis. Why? Trump hasn't ordered anyone to be fired in the Mueller probe. He hasn't cut one penny from the Mueller probe. He has nothing to do with the Mueller probe. No, no, you don't. We want it to be a constitutional crisis. Right, fake tapper? Come on. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the most passionate conservative on radio. Talk with him now at 877-381-3811. With Thanksgiving just days away, I bet you're thinking about travel and parties and napping with a belly of turkey and pie. You know who else is looking forward to the holidays? Scammers and crooks. Every year, fraud increases around the holidays, and the thieves like to celebrate with your hard-earned money. From fake charities to package delivery scams, tis the season for identity theft. So don't let the holiday spirit distract you from staying safe. You'll need identity protection more than ever. So get it from the best. My ID Care has been taking care of Fortune 500 companies for years. And now they're offering identity protection to everyone so you can make sure your whole family's covered. From Tri-Bureau credit monitoring to dark web scanning, it's the kind of comprehensive protection you need. Plans start for less than 10 bucks a month, and only My ID Care offers a money-back recovery guarantee. I don't worry about identity theft anymore, neither should you. Enjoy your holidays with peace of mind from My ID Care. And my listeners also get 15% off at MyIDCare.com slash Mark, promo code Mark. Learn more, and then let My ID Care take care of you. That's MyIDCare.com slash Mark, enter promo code Mark. MyIDCare.com slash Mark, promo code Mark. Well, we've had a lot going on, haven't we? Now, let's listen to Lawrence Tribe. Lawrence Tribe has gotten dumber and dumber as the years have gone on. Well, you don't understand. He's a Harvard law professor. He was, as I said, dumber and dumber. And, of course, MSLSD drags him on. Katie Turr. Talk about dumb. Cut one, go. You said today, or, or yesterday, I believe, uh, that the appointment of Whitaker is illegal. Why do you believe that? The fundamental reason is that the U.S. Constitution, in Article 2, Section 2, Clause 2... Now, now I'll stop. Now, I want you to listen to this, because I've talked about this article with respect to Mueller. So stick with me. I'll explain it again to the professor. Go ahead. Makes it 
absolutely <laughs> clear that a principal officer of the United States, that is somebody who exercises enough power so that he's answerable only to the president, cannot be appointed just by the president, even if Congress were to authorize it. All right, let's stop, because he, he drones on, and uh, I refuse to be a pupil in this dummy's class. This is a temporary appointment. A temporary. He's the acting attorney general. We have acting officials at senior levels who are principal officials all the time. How else would it work? You have people who need to get background checks. And then the Senate has to schedule time to hold hearings. And then the Senate needs to vote. If the Senate slow walks it, you still need to fill the positions. And that's why under Department of Justice regulations, an acting position is okay. If it's somebody who's been there, I'm trying to remember, from 90 days or 120 days, and they can fill the slot. And there's a certain period of time where they can fill the slot. It's a temporary position. He's the acting attorney general. Now, Tribe would be right if the facts were totally different. That is, if the president said, I'm appointing an attorney general of the United States, and I'm not submitting his name to the Senate for confirmation, that would be unconstitutional. But if he's saying, Mr. Attorney General, I need your letter of resignation. He gives his letter of resignation, and he says, all right, you, Whitaker, you're his chief of staff. I'm going to be the acting attorney general. Okay, I'll be the acting attorney general. That is perfectly constitutional, perfectly legal, and it has happened many times in the cabinet. Many times. But apparently, Mr. Tribe has been living in a bubble so long in Cambridge, he hasn't noticed. No, he's just a hack, in my humble opinion. Then there's Richard Blumenthal. He purports to be a senator from Connecticut. And of course, this isn't a drama queen, this guy. No, no, no. He never overstates the case. No. Cut three, go. It is a break the glass moment, an attack on our ah, democracy. Shut up, you idiot. Now let's see who else. We got Stephen Cohen, a loser from uh, Tennessee. Cut four, go. Whitaker is obviously a hatchet man. Okay, uh, shut up. Another hatchet man. But of course, Eric Holder. Now there was a class act. There was a guy above the fray. Above the fray. When Bill Clinton wanted to hand out pardons like lollipops, or in his case, like condoms, yes, there was Eric Holder. Okay, Mark Rich, you get one. Who else? Uh, who else wants one? Then we have somebody named Jim Himes, H-I-M-E-S. Now, they're all going to sound alike, these uh, parrots. Cut five, go. Do you see this as a move by the president if not to end it, to control the Mueller investigation. Now, this is John Berman, a anchor reporter. You see what frauds they are? No leading questions from these people. Aren't, they're all, like, identical. Who's asking the question? Who's giving the answer? They can just switch seats. Go ahead. Oh, of course it is. I mean, we don't even need to debate that, right? All I right, mean- fine, then shut up. And then, of course, MSNBC goes to their finest statesman, or is it stateswoman, Maxine Waters for input, being the constitutional scholar that she is. 
Cut six, go. This action by the president of the United States to fire him is directly connected uh, to the investigation that is being led by Mueller. This president is interested in... Ah, shut up, you idiot. Another one. Now they all love Sessions. Because Sessions recused himself. They all love Sessions. The way they all loved Comey. They hated Comey. Hey, he cost us the election. Trump fires him. Oh, Comey. The greatest FBI director in history, Sessions. He's a racist. He, he, he wouldn't prosecute this. He didn't do that. They block him from the appellate court. He runs for the Senate. They try and block him from attorney general. He becomes attorney general. He recuses himself. Oh, the greatest attorney general we ever had. Man of incredible integrity. And now they're out to trash this guy, Whitaker. Now, they didn't have any problem with their hack friend, Holder or their hack friend, Loretta Lynch, or all their hack friends. All you Republicans who voted for Democrats, you know what I say to you? Go to hell. And I mean it. Well, look, I uh, I didn't agree with him on it. Ah, shut up. Look what you've given us. Then there's this guy, Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell. He's very concerned. Cut seven, go. What recourse do you and Congress have if, in fact, Matthew Whitaker begins to Oh, carry- isn't that great? This is the morning schmo show. Now, come on. What recourse do you have? Can you, know, can you impeach uh, the I-word, you know, indict the other I-word? You know, what, what about it? Go ahead. Some of the things he's talked about as a pundit now is the acting attorney general. Uh, well, we have a hell of a lot more resources uh, and recourse uh, than we did on Monday. Uh, we, we've won the majority. Right, shut up. Let's see. What else do we? Oh. I want you to listen to this sick man. How hateful this guy Joe Scarborough is with his bulbous nose and his tiny little eyes that are close together. But apparently Mika finds it attractive. Mika of the Brzezinski family. Long line of, uh, anyway, so uh, cut eight, go. Let, let's take this, though, to the next step, which is, you're Mueller. Mm. You're putting together your obstruction of justice charge, and he has this puzzle, this hole in the puzzle. He goes, what mm, could fit in what that puzzle? Put so now listen to these idiots. So you're Mueller, and you already know you want to charge somebody with obstruction? And so you just need to figure out how to do it. This guy is a lawyer. I don't know if he's still a lawyer. I have no idea. But I want all you young people out there to understand, if you have a negative IQ, and you look like the kid on the bridge in Deliverance, you can work for MSNBC too. Go ahead. He fires the United Excellent. States Attorney General and appoints... Ah, shut up, you moron, with your, uh, with your drama. No wonder you have no ratings. You understand, folks, my Sunday show has bigger ratings than his show. In fact, my Sunday show has bigger ratings than every show on CNN. Right, fake tapper? That guy gets millions of dollars to get no ratings. I've told you many times before there was a story out. That's the favorite show of the generals in North Korea. They find Joe Scarborough very attractive. Not so much Mika. Joe. 
Joe. They like Joe. Now we have Ari Melber on the morning Joe. Ari Melber, whoever that is, if that is your name, asking a question to Eric Swalwell. Listen to this one. Cut nine, go. My, my question to Congressman Swalwell is, are we seeing a kind of a gangster mentality uh, at the White House and trying to control the DOJ? Well, isn't that, that's quite a question. It's the same, same thing fake Tapper did the other night. See, they, they repeat each other like parrots. Now let's go to a thoroughly unstable anchor, another one, Larry O'Donnell, a.k.a. Lawrence O'Donnell. A.K.A. Get out of my ear. Who is that? Stop the banging. Remember him? Cut 10, go. And if Donald Trump's newly installed political hack of an acting attorney general. There you go. There you go. Breathless. Breathless, like a phony phone call. And unfortunately, Major Garrett jumps in because he's almost Stephen Colbert who is kind of Spock. Doesn't he look like Spock with the funny ears and all the rest? Anyway, Major Garrett of CBS News used to actually write for the Washington Times. And he would contact me from time to time. Yes, it's about Jim Acosta. So let's play it anyway. Go. Peter Alexander stood up for Acosta. Was that the right thing to do? Should reporters do that for each other? No, 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 no. They shouldn't. Should reporters stand up for each other? Yes, yes, really? Yes. Shouldn't they? Right or wrong? Circle the wagons. Go ahead. And for himself. Look, that's another thing that's completely different in the Trump uh, Why do they era. talk so fast? Are they all hyped up on something? It's another thing completely different in the Trump era. What would that be, Major? And Major, I'm going to demote you to a private if you keep this up. Let's call him Private Garrett. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? Private Garrett. Go ahead. It's all one man, one woman for him herself. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. I'm just going to try to be as competitive as I can in that environment, get my question, get my answer, and that's it. Now, because there is a collective sense that the president is not play acting with his attacks on the media and maybe means it. Oh, shut up, private. Well, I mean, you sound so dumb. You sound so you don't even know the history of journalism. As I mentioned last week on Fox, the Sedition Act, passed by the Whigs and enforced by the second president of the United States, John Adams, where he actually imprisoned journalists. They didn't call them journalists back then, you know. They weren't so professional as they are today, ladies and gentlemen. Abraham Lincoln, people think he was a pretty good president. And he issued an executive order ordering one of his generals to close several newspapers in New York that were pro-Democrat, pro-Confederacy, locked up the editors and the journalists because they printed a phony presidential proclamation. Almost 300 newspapers were shut down during the uh, Lincoln presidency, and of course he withheld habeas corpus. Let's go to... uh, Woodrow Wilson, a favorite of the progressives. We even have bridges named after him, all kinds of stuff named after him. Look at that, the Wilson Bridge. Anyway, uh, and uh, he uh, had his own Sedition Act. They amended the Espionage Act of 1917 with the Sedition Act of 1918, which was a variety of amendments. He not only locked up some journalists who disagree with him, 
he locked up people who disagree with him in World War I. And not only that, he set up an entire system, a propaganda system. Then we have Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who threatened publishers repeatedly. Who threatened publishers repeatedly. And, uh, and then, of course, we have Barack Milhouse Obama. And what did he do? He sicked the FBI on reporters. So what's all this hostility, Private Garrett, against the President of the United States? He hasn't done any of these things. Why wasn't there a collective concern in the era of Obama? You know why? I'm going to tell you why, Private. Because otherwise you wouldn't be on the Stephen Colbert show, and all of you are desperate to go to Hollywood. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, uh, Hillsdale College, the good, the true, the beautiful, how can one begin to understand these high and noble ideals? It starts with the right kind of education, and that's tough to find these days. But I know one college that provides a comprehensive education of the very best kind, an education in the philosophical, political, theological, scientific, and literary heritage of the West, Hillsdale College. Every student, regardless of their major, spends half their time on the same liberal arts core curriculum studying science, theology, history, mathematics, philosophy, literature, and the Constitution. At Hillsdale, all students learn about our great Western American heritage. Now, the result, Hillsdale alumni are leaders with intelligence and character, making a difference in their families, communities, and country. But it all starts with a core curriculum that develops moral and intellectual virtue, the core that helps them understand the good, the true, and the beautiful. This is the Hillsdale Core Curriculum. This is learning for the long run. Discover what education is meant to be. Levin for Hillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right. Let's go to Sean, Los Angeles, California, the great 870-KRLA. Go. Actually, the Patriot on Sirius, but close enough. Um, Don't you think you're being a little... On the Patriot and Sirius. Go ahead. Don't you think you're being a little intellectually dishonest in the points you were making about the way liberals feel about Jeff Sessions and James Comey? You know perfectly well that we might not like Sessions or his policies at all, but but what we're talking about is the way the president is treating the office of the attorney general and the Department of Justice. Same thing with James Comey. We might not like him at all, and we certainly don't like the way he behaved during... No, 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 stop lying. James Comey has been celebrated throughout Congress when he was going to the hearings by the Democrats, by the Democrat media. You guys switched on a dime when it came to Comey. You bought his books. You made him a multimillionaire. As for Sessions, you guys haven't criticized Sessions for 10 months. You haven't criticized Sessions for 10 months. Now you're attacking this guy, Whitaker. You don't know a damn thing about Whitaker. Now you told Mr. Call Screener you were going to talk about something else. That's exactly what I mean about you liberals. Go ahead and address what you told Mr. Call Screener. I actually told him that this is exactly what I was going to address, which was your intellectual dishonesty around the points you were making. I'm per- you wanna- per- I am I am intellectually consistent. First of all, you need to have an intellect 
to begin with. You clearly don't. You haven't made any points. Secondly, what do you think about Sessions being fired? Does that bother you? you All right, yap, 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 yap. Look, when you get your IQ up about 12 more points, give it another try. Otherwise, keep watching CNN and uh, Jim Acosta. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Now, um... I don't have enough time to get into everything in the final hour of the program. I uh, really uh, undress the media in this country on Levin TV tonight. So I hope you'll check it out. Levin TV, if you're not a member, just call 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV, and you get a 30-day free trial period. So there's no risk at all. There's no commitment at all. Uh, But if you want to check it out, I spend... uh, Almost a full hour on it with the various reporters, the various clips, responding to each one, addressing each one, and talking generally about the media. I will tell you the White House Correspondents Association uh, put out a statement defending Jim Acosta. You heard uh, Private Garrett, all the media, pretty much, defending Jim Acosta. And what they're defending is a media thug. And these are kamikaze reporters, as I said on Hannity last night. They are Democrats for the most part, even if some of them register as independents to try and conceal it, but they are all liberals. We know this from past surveys by all sorts of organizations. And uh, there was a recent study by Harvard, uh, their school of uh, media and so forth, and uh, they pointed out that the, the reports on, uh, on Trump, over 90% negative in the media, worst of all time since they've been judging these things. And Fox was the fairest, but 52% negative, 48% positive. Did you hear that? 52% negative and 48% positive. And again, they're looking at the news aspect of Fox and the news aspect of all these organizations. The problem is you can't tell news from opinion on these other stations. You can on Fox. There's a big difference between Brett Baer and Sean Hannity. Not as human beings or anything, but Brett Baer is a journalist. Sean Hannity, like me, provides commentary. They break news, too. But in the end, we provide commentary. You can't tell me what Jim Acosta is. So the White House Correspondents Association, rather than trying to put in place certain basic standards, they encourage this sort of stuff. And the media are out of the closet with their ideology. They not only have quote-unquote liberal values, but they have liberal bias. And the way Acosta conducted himself, he was argumentative, he was bullying, he was attacking. You ask a question, you ask a follow-up, and you sit down. Nobody should come to the defense of this. He He was disrupting, if not sabotaging, the presidential press conference. The point of a press conference, a presidential press conference, is for reporters to glean information from a president, ask him questions about what they're doing, 
on our behalf, to get information on our behalf. I mean, Jim Acosta is sort of the Maxine Waters of the media. That's unacceptable. And the fact that he and fake Tapper just keep calling the president, you know, he's a liar, you know, he's a liar, he's a liar. That's not acceptable either. Because they're liars. And when he did put his hand on that young female intern and kind of brush her off and so forth, I thought to myself, Mr. Producer, wow, he just did more than Brett Kavanaugh has ever done. He just did more than Brett Kavanaugh has ever done. Can you imagine if this guy was a conservative and they were going to put him up for the Supreme Court and, uh, and they had that video? What would Kamala Harris say? What would Mr. Spartacus say? What would Mr. I said I served in Vietnam, but I didn't say? They'd say, wow, violence against women. Because they're frauds and phonies, that's why. But I hope... Those of you who are not members, again, it's 30 days free, risk-free. I think this is a very, very important program on Levin TV tonight. Tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. Call 844-LEVIN-TV. They'll set you up within minutes, and you check it out. See if you like it. And by the way, we have an enormously powerful program on Life, Liberty, and Levin. Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. No, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, I can count. Uh, very, very important. Focus much on the House of Representatives. What are the Republicans going to do? What can they do? What the president can do in response to what's going to be the endless harassment? He doesn't have to put up with it, you know. There are things he can do constitutionally. And there's things he can do fiscally. He can fight back. He can fight back in a legitimate, lawful way, and he should, and uh, we discuss a number of those, so I hope you'll check that out. But what I wanted to talk about was this attack on Tucker Carlson and his home and his wife and his family. Antifa, ladies and gentlemen, is not some peaceful protest group. It's not some civil rights organization. This is a violent organization. These are Marxists, and they are a militia. And they are violent. And even though CNN over the, t- over the past few years has downplayed it, even though MSNBC over the past few years has downplayed it, the fact is, it is a very violent organization. We've heard more today from the lib media and the Democrats about the president and him tangling with Jim Acosta than we have heard about what took place at Tucker Carlson's house to his wife. And his private property. Tell me. What did Chuck Schumer say about it today? Nothing. What did Dick Durbin say about it today? Nothing. What did Nancy Pelosi say about it today? Not a word. Now let's be honest. Antifa is born of the radical left of the Democrat Party. That's right, I said it, because it's true. And have been given aid and comfort over the years by Don Lemon and others at CNN and MSNBC. Haven't they? It's enormously dangerous out there. Enormously dangerous. And I can tell you my own experience, it's enormously uh, dangerous out there. This group, Antifa, is a domestic terrorist organization as far as I'm concerned. 
It should be on the FBI list. Their leaders should be sought and prosecuted. This isn't just some uh, get-together where they're uh, exercising their First Amendment right. They're making threats, and they tried to break into his house. They pounded against his front door, an oak door. I mean, you got to hit that damn thing pretty darn hard. That's not freedom of speech. That's not freedom of association. Now, I noticed Stephen Colbert was out there saying this is very, very bad, creating these monsters and so forth. And yet he has helped create these monsters. Day in and day out, it's not comedy that he spews, it's hate that he spews. This is the consequence of these kinds of attitudes, of the Maxine Waters out there. And I'm concerned it's only going to get worse now. Look at the way the Democrats are talking in the House of Representatives. They talk like old Soviet Stalinists. Well, we're going to get discussed tax returns. You know what? Let's go back to this uh, Joe Scarborough, that audio. I forget the number, Mr. Producer. You have it there. I want you to listen to this guy. Now, tell me, if you're Antifa, if you're a violent mob, if you're an evil person, a diabolical person, or if you're mentally ill and you listen to what Joe Scarborough just said, tell me what kind of impact it would have. Go ahead. Let, let's take this, though, to the next step, which is your Mueller. Mm. You're putting together your obstruction of justice charge, and he has this puzzle, this hole in the puzzle. He goes, what hmm, could fit in what that puzzle? What am I going to put there? Oh. oh, he fires the United Excellent. States Attorney General and appoints a hack and may not have even done that legally, to obstruct justice and stop this investigation. Boom. Oh, the puzzle's complete. And guess what? If Donald Trump gets rid of Mueller, now the Democrats can just hire him. He can now work for the House of Representatives. And if they want to send all the information, which they're going to, they're going to send to the states. He thinks he's going to stop his children if they've done something wrong from going to jail. They'll just be in state jail instead of the federal penitentiary. And here's the other difference to bring the conversation full circle as of... Oh, by the way, no pardoning if any of these people are sent to state jails. He's rooting. First of all, he lies about the legality of the appointment of the acting attorney general. He lies about obstruction involving removing the attorney general. Nothing's been done as a consequence of that. Then he brings his kids into it, the president's kids into it, and charge, and they do state time, and his kids can't receive a pardon. This is a very sick man, Joe Scarborough. Very sick man. And yet MSNBC, a.k.a. NBC, a.k.a. Comcast, they have him on the air purposely. Just like Time Warner has Jim Acosta on the air Purposely. These large corporations can reach into the presidency, can reach into a press conference and disrupt them. Or they can urge the total, complete annihilation of the Trump family with prison sentences for his kids and so forth and so on. Under the banner of free speech, of course. And the clowns at the White House Correspondents Association who put out that wonderful dinner every year, they think this is great. They think this is free speech. Franklin Roosevelt used to go after the publishers. 
He used to go after the owners of the radio companies and the nascent TV companies. He would go after them. I mean, legally, go after them. Illegally, actually, but you understand, using the law to try and pressure them. None of that's been done here. You look at the contempt. Look how they treat this guy. Now, you're some 21-year-old, spoiled, rotten, white kid who's gone to, uh, let's say, Haverford, outside of Philadelphia. And you've been brainwashed by the Marxist tenured professors. And now you can fulfill yourself by joining a militia, by learning how to fight, how to hurt people, for a righteous cause, of course. Paradise. Utopia. And the only thing that stands in the way is Trump. And the only thing that stands in the way is conservative talk radio. The only thing that stands in the way is Fox and Fox hosts and certain Republicans. Ted Cruz. And so, what do you do? You go to their houses. You track them down at restaurants. You beat on their doors. You spray paint their driveways. You chant. You scare their family. You scare their wives. Don Lemon sits there. Says almost nothing. And if he says something, it's tepid. Because the enemy, you see, is the president and anybody who dares to speak out and support any of his policies. You listen to CNN and MSNBC over a course of a few weeks, and you hear the president is Hitler. That he's a white supremacist. You get these from official news outlets. They have actual passes to go into the White House to press conferences. Jim Acosta starts off the questioning. Implying, more than implying, that the president is a racist because of his immigration positions. Followed up by others. A government paid for reporter at PBS. Where she suggests the president is not only a a white supremacist, but he's turned the Republican Party into a white supremacy party. And he calls her out that it's an outrageous question. And they circle the wagons, the media, as they must, because... What you see is groupthink. Because the president, you see, is attacking the media, not the other way around. This is why there's an Antifa. If you call somebody Hitler, Hitler needs to be taken out. If you call somebody a white supremacist, you call somebody a racist, and they're president, well, then he needs to be taken out, doesn't he? For a sick mind, one and one in that case would equal two. And not only that, Fox, Brian Stelter, day in and day in attacking Fox. Constant attacking Fox. These comedians at night who are supposed to be comedians are not. They're propagandists. And they have a big influence on the culture particularly young people, and they watch them over and over again. The vile jokes all go one way. So now we have an enemy. The enemy. The media do not like to be called the enemy, but they have enemies. 
And now the media working with the Democrats in Congress, subpoenas, impeachment, urging Mueller to indict. There was another Acosta question. Well, Mr. President, the Russia matter. Are you concerned somebody might be indicted? And that, we're told, is news. That's a news question. And the White House Correspondents Association defends. Defends this guy, Acosta. Look at that, Mr. Producer. I see Marco Rubio on Fox. Do you see him on Fox? Didn't you call them like four hours ago and ask if Marco Rubio can come on this program to talk about what was going on in Florida? I thought tonight he was busy. But we did better. We got the chairman of the Republican Party of Florida. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. in the middle of a press conference. We'll start it now, then we'll record it, and then after the bottom of the hour, we'll pick it up from there. Go ahead. Late Tuesday night, our win was projected to be around 57,000 votes. By Wednesday morning, that lead dropped to 38,000 votes. By Wednesday evening, it was around 30,000 votes. This morning, it was around 21,000. Now, it is 15,000. On election night, Broward County, Broward County said there were 630, 634,000 votes cast. As of today, as of 1 a.m. today, there were 695,700 ballots cast on Election Day. At 2.30 p.m. today, the, the number was up to 707,223 ballots cast on Election Day. And as we just learned that the number has increased to 712,840 ballots cast on Election Day. In Palm Beach County, there are 15,000 new votes found since election night. So it has been over 48 hours since the polls closed, and Broward and Palm Beach counties are still finding and counting ballots. And the supervisors, Brenda Snipes and Susan Booker, cannot seem to say how many ballots still um, exist and where these ballots came from or where they have been. The people of Florida deserve fairness. All right, let's stop there. We're going to pick this up. It's very important. It's important not just for Florida, obviously crucial there, but for the balance of power in the United States Congress and the Democrats are trying to steal the Senate. Martha McSally is now behind Taliban Democrat by 8,858 votes in Arizona. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, simply the smartest man on radio. And you can call him 877-381-3811. The Vacancies Act, you know, my buddy Andy McCarthy wrote a piece on this in National Review. The Vacancies Act is a law that's been in the books actually quite a long time. And it enables the president, as he writes, to name an acting officer who may serve as such for 210 days. As long as the person named has been working at the agency or department for at least 90 days, 
in a fairly high-ranking position. Now, Whitaker qualifies. He was chief of staff to the attorney general. He's a former U.S. attorney. And so we heard lies on so-called news programs yesterday saying that this wasn't legal. You heard Joe Scarborough say, if it's legal, his appointment, it is legal. So he's a propagandist. He's a demagogue. He's a fool. And Joe, I wish for your children what you wish for Trump's children. A long stay in state prison. And Mika Brzezinski's children, too. I'm tired of the Trump children being attacked. And let me make a couple other points before we get back to uh, Governor Scott's press conference. I was going to hold this till Sunday, but I'll mention it now here. I was going to hold it till the Fox show. Mr. President, the purpose of Congressional Oversight Committee investigations and hearings has to relate to legitimate legislative activity. Your personal finances, I'm going to say this now, and you'll hear this repeated tomorrow, ad infinitum, people will not give credit, it's okay. I'll do the thinking, let them do the repeating. When it comes to your personal taxes, with your private corporation, when it comes to your personal finances, Congress has absolutely no legitimate oversight responsibility. You file your taxes with the Internal Revenue Service, and they do with them as whatever they do with them. But there is no legitimate oversight activity of your personal finances. Well, we want to see what he invested in this. You don't get to go on fishing expeditions in the people's personal records. You should litigate that all the way to the Supreme Court. That the Article I powers of Congress do not include, do not include, the securing of personal, private, financial records and tax returns for the purpose of Democratic objectives, that is, capital D, Democratic Party objectives. And you have separation of powers issues on this, too. The oversight is of programs, policies, departments, agencies, and so forth and so on. Congress doesn't exist to oversee your tax returns or your businesses. And they can't make the argument, you have to prove a negative. Well, until we see the tax returns, we don't know if there's anything. So what? That's not how it works. So I'm telling you, tell your man Jay Sekulow, tell Rudy Giuliani, tell all your lawyers, the White House, I know you're listening to me. Write it down, pass it to the boss. Congress does not have constitutional authority to investigate or oversee the president's tax returns or private businesses or that of his children. There's already criminal investigation going on. If a prosecutor chooses to go in that direction, so be it. But the purpose of congressional oversight is to determine whether there needs to be a legislative fix. You don't just get to investigate for the purposes of investigating. And, Mr. President, I would litigate it. I'd start at the lowest court, work your way through the, the, a panel of the appellate court, demand that the entire appellate court hear the case, then go up to the Supreme Court. Take your time. 
Take your time. You're no hurry. And that goes for any of the other personal, private matters the president has been involved in prior to becoming president as well. We want to see the Stormy Daniels deal. I'll see in court. We want to see this deal. We want to see your labor contracts. I'll see in court. Because the framers of the Constitution had no intention of empowering Congress this way. They didn't create a Soviet Politburo. They created a Congress. So there are ways to fight them. And I hope your lawyers are giving you this advice. I'll give you the best advice. I've been through these fights. I've had to battle three different independent counsel. And I also represented the Attorney General uh, against the most abusive independent counsel, Lawrence Walsh in the Iran-Contra matter. All the commentators on TV have not. All the eggheads on TV have not. I have. I know the rules. And same with Congress. A year ago when I was saying the president can't be indicted, I was being contradicted by the eggheads. They were wrong. I was shown to be right. A year ago when I said the president of the United States need not honor a subpoena if the subpoena insists on his physical appearance or uh, uh, seeks to get involved in constitutional matters that are clearly the prerogative of the president. The egghead said, no, he must appear if he does. I said, no, I was right. The appointments clause. I said that applies to Mr. Mueller, and you're hearing it all day long why it applies to Mr. Mueller. Well, you can't fire Mueller. You can't do this. You can't oversee him. You can't have a new attorney general. They should be gathering all that information, all those statements, in order in part to make their case. That, look, even, even these people say he's a principal officer. So uh, the Vacancy Act, I would encourage the uh, judicial analyst, and he knows who he is, to read it. And same with the news program he was on. Because yesterday they were pushing out like this was uh, Watergate, like this was the Saturday Night Massacre. It was disgusting. All the networks, all the cable channels. It's clear the President of the United States had the authority to do this. It's clear his counsel looked at it. And everybody knows he does. Except apparently the media. You know, it's the saggy jawline, ladies and gentlemen. It's the jawline and the double chin that give your age away. But not anymore. Introducing the brand new Genesel chin and neck treatment with dual peptide and MDL technology. Chimene's most advanced technology ever. It only tightens saggy jawline, but it plumps the lipophilic layers of your skin to contour and define the jawline within minutes. Using peptides and metal lactones together for the first time, it works amazingly quickly, and the results get better every day. Nothing else works like the new Genesel chin and neck treatment to sculpt the chin and smooth out that annoying turkey neck. And here's the best news. It's yours free, free, when you order Genesel for uh, under-eye bags and puffiness. And for results in 12 hours, Genesel's immediate effects is also free. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. 800-SKIN-604. Stop imagining. Call or click now. 800-SKIN-604 or Genesel.com. Back to the Rick Scott press conference. We recorded it. We'll pick up where we left off. Go ahead. The people of Florida deserve fairness and transparency, and the supervisors are failing to give it to us. 
every Floridian should be concerned there may be rampant fraud happening in Palm Beach and Broward counties. And the Broward Supervisor of Elections, Brenda Snipes, has a history of acting in absolute bad faith. As you will recall, a judge ruled just this last year that the office violated both state and federal laws by illegally destroying ballots in 2016. In 2016, Brenda Snipes' office posted elections results half an hour before the polls closed, a clear violation of election law. That same year, her office was sued for leaving amendments off of ballots. In 2014, Brenda Snipes' fellow Democrats accused her of individual and systemic breakdowns that made it difficult for voters to cast regular ballots. All Floridians should be concerned about this. Palm Beach County is also refusing to provide information to the public. And they are illegally refusing to allow official party representatives into the ballot counting area and forcing people to stand behind a glass wall with limited visibility and no ability to hear what is going on. This is a clear violation of Florida law, and we have just filed a lawsuit. Both Broward and Palm Beach counties have failed in their duty to follow Florida law, which requires that vote by mail and absentee ballots are counted within 30 minutes of polls closing. Further, Palm Beach County has failed to update the Department of State since 10:19 a.m. yesterday. This is in complete violation of Florida law, which requires updated reports every 45 minutes until results are completely reported. We've all seen the incompetence and irregularities in vote tabulations in Broward and Palm Beach for years. Well, here we go again. I will not sit idly by while unethical liberals try to steal this election from the great people of Florida. Senator Nelson hired one of Hillary Clinton's lawyers from D.C., and the first thing he did was tell reporters that he is here to win the election. He did not say he is here. He did not say that he wants a full and fair election or even an accurate vote count. Here are some things he has said. In 2010, when his Democratic client in Minnesota was leading by 8,000 votes, he said the lead was insurmountable. In 2014, when his Democrat client in Virginia was leading by 12,000 votes, he said there was no precedent for a successful recount. He also said that recounts rarely, really only happen when you're talking about dozens or a few hundred votes separating the candidates. In 2013, when another one of his Democrat clients in Virginia was leading by only 165 votes, he said that recounts do not tend to change the results. In 2016, when his Democrat client in North Carolina was leading by 10,000 votes, he called it a close but significant margin that would be insurmountable. He also called on the opponent to graciously concede rather than waste taxpayer money on a deficit that could not be overcome. Again, in 2016, when his client Hillary Clinton had lost the presidential race, he wrote an article highlighting that the margin of 10,704 votes in Michigan, uh, quote, well exceeds the largest margin ever overcome in a, in, a, in a recount. Now he's here to try to steal the election and to try to thwart the will of the voters of Florida. Every day since the election, the left-wing activists in Broward County have been coming up with more and more ballots out of nowhere. We all know what is going on. Every person in Florida knows exactly what is happening. Their goal is to keep mysteriously finding more votes until the election turns out the way they want. And when that fails, they will file a bunch of lawsuits in order to try to overturn the will 
of the voters. There are 66, 67 counties in Florida. Only these two counties are involved in these shenanigans. There are no other counties, Republican or Democrat, that are trying to steal this election. We're still finding ballots. Some believe that this is simply rank incompetence. That is clearly true. But it would also be, be naive to not realize that they could be trying to overrule the will of the voters of Florida. Tonight, I'm asking the Florida Department of Law Enforcement to investigate this immediately. And I am considering every single legal option available. No ragtime group of liberal activists or lawyers from D.C. will be allowed to steal this election from the voters in this great state. I am proud to be the next senator from the great state of Florida and look forward to going up there and making Washington work for all Americans. Thank you. Unbelievable, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Here we are, it's 2018, and this crap is still going on. And it's one way, it's the Democrats. They're going to take this seat in Arizona. They're trying to take this seat in Florida. They're trying to take the governorship in Florida so they can control redistricting for the next Democrat. They're trying to take the governorship in Georgia for the same exact reason. So apparently it's not enough to win by 65 or 70,000 votes when you're running for the Senate in Florida. Apparently it's not enough to win by 85 to 90,000 votes when you're running for governor in Florida. Where do they find all these ballots? This is a national disgrace. It affects our national governance. A senator serves in our national legislature. Maybe it's time to send in the FBI and drag out the fraudsters and finally put them where they belong, in prison. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you ask any AMAC member what they like most about belonging to the conservative alternative to the AALP, One answer that always comes up is how much they love reading AMAC's quarterly magazine, the AMAC Advantage. It's a first-class publication covering a variety of hard-hitting stories from notable authors, and AMAC members love it. Well, my friends, AMAC membership just keeps getting better. In addition to their tremendous discounts, their tremendous benefits, whether it's travel, whether it's renting a car, whether it's insurance, in addition to all that, AMAC is pleased to announce that instead of publishing just four issues each year, they're now sending AMAC Advantage to all million and a half AMAC members six times a year. That's six issues of AMAC's celebrated magazine delivered to your home every year. It's all part of the wonderful AMAC membership. And if you haven't joined AMAC yet, you're missing out. Join today at AMAC.us. The benefits and the discounts are broad and they're deep and they're great. But the conservative cause, which they promote in Washington, D.C., is even greater. Get your copy of the latest edition of the AMAC Advantage magazine, along with all the other discounts and benefits that come with an AMAC membership, by joining right now. The website is amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. AMAC, better for you and better for America. All right. Let's see what's out there very quickly. Take a couple of calls if we can get them in. Phyllis, 
Paducah, Kentucky, the great WVLK. Go. Hi, Mark. Good evening, honey. Good evening. You know, I just wonder if, now the media is causing 99% of what's going on. That's my thorough belief. Right. So so glad Acosta got thrown out. Yes. No business being there. Oh, and by the way, this is an attack on the first. How so? Is somebody stopping Acosta from being a reporter or saying whatever he wants to say? You don't have a constitutional right to a press pass at the White House. No. All right. If they if they would be made positive about the president. We vote to put people... But you, but you know what? And, and Phyllis, I'm running out of time. They don't even have to be positive about the president. Just be reporters and be respectful when you ask questions. You can be forceful. You can be aggressive, but be respectful. Uh, you know, and they're not. And they're destructive, and they're degrading the uh, their, their so-called profession, and they are disrupting a presidential press conference. Thank you very much. Flo, Seattle, Washington, KTTH, Go. Dr. Levin, yes, how wonderful. So much to say in so little time, but my reason for calling One minute. Is, is about your father and his beautiful book, Our Police. I would like to recommend and suggest that your audience, which I consider my family also, mm-hmm. carry at least six or oh, five or six, four or five <laughs> copies in the car, and every time you cross paths with a police officer, you know where they go to get their coffee in shift breaks or beginning or end of shift, Give a police officer a copy of, of of Jack Levin's book, and you will see their faces light up. These are family folks, both the men and the women. They have children, and it's a lovely way to support our police. Well, you're a sweetheart, Flo. I really, really appreciate it. And all those families that are suffering now out on the West Coast uh, where this murder took place, our hearts go out to you. Our wishes go out to you. Our deepest sympathy goes out to you. I'll see you tomorrow. Check out Levin TV tonight. Take care.